Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Fashion Grunge Potty. I am Lauren. Hi Lauren, I'm Charles. What's up? Guess what? We are talking swingers from 96. I am actually very shocked that this has not been done until now because this is probably one of my top 20 favorite movies of all time. So Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry everyone. I've I've let you down for people out there who are like, "Really? She hasn't talked about swingers yet?" <laughs> um yeah i'm talking we're talking about swingers we're we're so money and we're here and we're you know we're struggling actors in la yeah yeah that's basically what we are i um i remember i when you first suggested this movie to me my first reaction was oh god um (laughs) why did you say um, that um, well, not not because of the movie itself, but just because this movie was so popular and so overquoted, it like literally drew me in, drew, drew me drove me insane. So like, it was know. like a dude's entourage, like the yeah, show Entourage yeah. before Entourage. It was like yeah. that movie that all these guys said, yeah. Totally. Like um, um, but uh, you know, just because you know, I'd like you know, you'd be in like eighth grade. And the teacher teacher would like ask or you ask like a, a classmate a question. You'd be like, "Hey, Janine, do, 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 do you have an extra pen I, I can borrow?" And she'd be like, "Vegas, baby, Vegas," you know. And it's just like that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> like, yeah, it's true. People would be like, "You're so money. You're so money." People would say, "You're so money" all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very true. This was a very. It was weird because it wasn't like a massive film it was a cult film like this is a definition of like you rented it and that's when everybody saw it because yeah we weren't the age we were 13 when this yeah. came out so we weren't the age of like going to see this in the theater it wasn't marketed to us anyway mm-hmm. so we wouldn't have understood it but now that we're older i mean granted the first time we saw it i was like in my teens i rented it and then i, I yeah. probably got really into it in like 98 ish okay. when i was probably old enough to like understand some of the references and then obviously I kept watching. I had this on tape. It's one of those films I used to watch all the time. It was just always on in the background because I just loved it. I always wanted to live in LA. So I was always loving everything that was in California. So I just thought, oh, cool. Swing was back. Uh, swing music was back on like the radio station. It was big in like 90, 96, 97. I want to mm-hmm. say the beginning of this movie was kind of when swing started to take off and it kind of died in like 98, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it yeah, this died, was topical. It like died just in time for the Latin invasion. Yeah, so. yeah. Ricky Martin. <laughs> like, yeah, Julio Iglesias. Uh, mm-hmm. Not Julio Iglesias. Enrique Iglesias. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and like all, it's just like so. Yeah, it was crazy. Shakira. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was crazy. It was like this was topical and kind of underground, and this would be something that people in LA would be into versus mm-hmm. the East Coast because Vegas is closer. The Rat Pack. Like the whole vibe, like the whole Sinatra yeah. vibe. Yes, it was cool. I mean, I I love this movie. I just thought it was so good. First introduction to Vince Vaughn, mm-hmm. who it plays himself in almost everything. Yeah. Somehow. Uh, well, I mean, if he hadn't been in this movie, then we wouldn't have the gym that is Psycho ninety eight that came out a couple years later. Oh God! So. Or we also would not. He would not have been cast in Jurassic Park if it was not for this movie either. Yeah. So that's yeah. an interesting tidbit. Yeah. Great. Thanks, swingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's an interesting tidbit that I did not know before researching it. But 
Um, this movie came out October 18th, 1996. So this was like a fall film, kind of perfect. Directed mm-hmm. by Doug Lyman and the screenplay is by John Favreau, who plays Mike. And this is basically him and his friends' actual lives. He's really best friends with Trent Res Trent Reznor. Fucking Vince, <laughs> Vince Vaughn. He plays Trent. Why am I thinking of Trent Reznor? It's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, so they are actual friends in real life. They're both from Chicago. So this kind of represents when they moved out to LA and we're like trying to make it work. And it's kind of every LA's uh, actor yeah. story, you know? Yeah. I, um, I, I didn't realize how personal this movie was at first. So I um, did sort of um, knowing that going in the second time, I was like, okay, that sort of makes a little more sense. Oh, okay. You know? Well, what's your yeah. history with it? That was my question. Um, so I, um, I, I had older brothers and sisters growing up so this was a movie that they would have re- re- rented from blockbuster mm-hmm. around this time and so i rem- remember we had a movie night and they we like all sat around watched it and um a lot of the humor and the jokes just sort of went over over, over my head at, yeah at the same. Time. but like you know but like you know my 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 brother was like laughing his ass off so like um you know so, uh, that's so um, funny and so um and so the, 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 and, and so they like start talking about like oh god swingers is such a great movie and i was like yeah yeah that's pretty good um and so you know this is like a movie I, i've like sort of watched a couple times since then but it's it's never been been a movie that i've owned oh um, okay but it's you know as a m- movie i do really like it so cool yeah. yeah i i really like it too i i doug lyman uh i really like as a director i mean i like that a lot of his references are like obviously derivative in kind of a funny way he yeah. also directed go which is another like fave of mine i think it's like episode eight on the podcast it's really early because it's one of my favorite movies and that one is basically pulp fiction it's yeah, basically yeah. that whole um, formula of the kind of separate stories that converge into one at the mm-hmm. end and kind of like different timelines. Um, it's kind of like that. So it's really interesting too. I noticed this film is also super heavy and very, very much like the trope of the cinephile in, in California and in Los Angeles. Like you kind of picture, at least in the nineties, it's very different now, but you kind of picture people are sitting around a table and they're all talking about directors and they're all talking about shots from films that they like and kind of talking shit or whatever. And even that kind of spiral, um, you know, I love how that he combines different homages in like the same shot. Like they're all, they have that conversation with that like circular camera panning shot, which is super Tarantino from like mm-hmm. Reservoir Dogs that he basically does in every film. Yeah. And you have that also Death Proof, another great one um, where they're sitting in that diner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I feel like I want to like do another podcast on Death Proof. <laughs> like, I just like want to rewatch it and do it like from each segment. Like let's split yeah. it in half and do a, an episode. We should do Planet Terror. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. We should do Planet it's Terror, good. but but I just love Death Proof so much. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so it kind of reminds me of that. And I think it's so crazy and really interesting that in such a short period of time, Tarantino became a verb almost immediately. I mean, yeah. Reservoir Dogs was in 92. This was in 96. Yeah, so he created like two movies, I think, yeah. at this point. There uh, was True also... Romance. I mean, he wrote the yeah. story for yeah. True Romance. Yeah. Um, this is even before Jackie Brown had mm-hmm. come out. So our, our 
Tarantino references were pretty slim. Yeah, and we have, <laughs> but we have heavy hitters like Reservoir Dogs and fucking Pulp Fiction. I mean, yeah, yeah. those are like two of his strongest films, and they're like the first two. So, yeah, and we also have yeah. Natural. Didn't he write the story for Natural Born Killers? Yes. yes yeah. So, so we, I'm assuming people in Hollywood knew him as the writer too. So like these people would obviously know him as a writer and like writing these crazy scenarios and stuff. But I think it's cool that he just became so big so quickly. Yeah. Again, um, that was neat. And and spawned many a film student, many a guy you dated that is just you rolled your <laughs> eyes the entire time they were talking because they were just massive Tarantino fans. Um, which is just really funny that he kind of became like a ugh, you know, ugh, of course you like Tarantino. Like it's just kind of funny. I, yeah. I like I like both ways. I think it's funny to make fun. But unlike Wes Anderson who sucks. And his yeah, new movie um, looks like that sucks too. So guess what? Yeah, it looks exactly the the, the same as all the other horrible ones he's done. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Had to get that in. Um, I'm gonna insert the button that Jules made us. She made us a special button that I think I've yet to use. So I'm actually writing down the time now, so everyone will okay. hear our little button, <laughs> that sound effect that Jules made. Um, so yeah. So also Doug Lyman did Mr. And Mrs. Smith, aka like that Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Brad. Oh, God. And that movie, movie is so hot that movie like uh like i think the world may have stopped turning like i think the world somehow like was just redirected on like a different axis yeah. I, every time that movie's on tv i own it unrated i'm i'm a fucking you know i'm basic like i have that movie i bought it at like target or whatever i was like i'm sorry i like this movie it's hot i don't give a shit <laughs> and the first like two minutes i think we talked about it we have to do it for forward flash which by the way since i forgot about housekeeping I've changed the Patreon, so go check it out. There's two tiers now, $3 a month, where all of the movies after 2000 and all of our early ones for Backtracks are there. And then all the $5 a month is all the TV shows and more niche stuff. So we're doing like a Davide Sorrenti documentary on the $5 tier coming up. And then we have to do The Graduate yeah. for the next Backtrack, which will be on Patreon. So go check that out. Um, the link is in the notes. But... Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, yeah, we're definitely going to talk about that. Because, like, the first fucking five minutes, they're, like, sitting in marriage counseling, and I was like, they are trolling the fuck out of us. <laughs> this is insanity. Yeah. <laughs> like, how? <laughs> how? But I'm sorry, it made for good... It made for a good movie, I have to they say. Knew it, they knew, knew what they were doing. Oh, totally. Um, he also did The Born Identity, the first one. And he oh, okay. also did American Made, that film with Tom Cruise that, yes, I did watch, where he plays the guy that smuggles cocaine from, like, the Bahamas to the oh. U.S. He, like, worked for the oh. cartel. It's a weird person that he plays. Okay. It's called American Made. It was, like, 2017. Yes, I still watch random Tom Cruise movies like that. that I mean... No one probably saw. <laughs> He's a good, good actor. Yeah, um, he is. Yeah, he is. I mean, I, I, I have to say, you know, you know. I um sort of wish he'd go back to doing more dr dramatic stuff, you know, and sort of just doing action, 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 like all the time. I know. But, I think he's trying to squeeze out his uh, like what last years he has to do this crazy shit. Yeah, because I don't um, think he can do this. He's like sixty. Like, how much yeah. more can he actually do this? Just because I don't know. I I like rewatched Jerry Maguire like fairly. Recently, and I honestly had forgotten how good he, good he he is. Um, yeah, he is and, pretty good in that. So yeah, I mean, um, but nope, Mission Impossible and Top Gun. That's what what we're that's what stuck we're getting. With. Yeah, that's what we're <laughs> so. getting. And he did Jack Reacher, which was like a John Wick wannabe, but it just no. 
Lame. Yeah, lame. Nah. Yeah, it's it's gonna be Mission Impossible's till we die. <laughs> like that's, yeah. that's gonna be like Mission Impossible like forty five. Like they're gonna have one. I mean, he just he keeps doing them, so I guess people want to watch it. And apparently, yeah. the Super Mario Brothers movie that everyone's been talking about on Twitter all weekend is like the biggest movie ever made, which is crazy. Um, oh wow! But that's cool. I mean, Super Mario is cool. <laughs> um, Jack yeah. Black plays Bowser, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I love Jack Black. Um, yeah, so that's about all that I have for my first thoughts. I mean, we can go into behind the scenes. Yay. So okay. what did you find out? Did you find out anything cool? So I have a few things. Rotten Tomatoes critics give this movie 88%. Mm. Audience gives it 89%. Okay, I'll take seemed, that. Yeah, we wish I thought seemed fair. Yeah, that's pretty um, good. Unfortunately, this movie was not nominated for any Oscars. Oh, um, I wouldn't expect it to be. I don't even think it, I did in my in my um my rewriting of the Oscars. I'd have to I, do that. I would consider giving Ron Livingston a nomination. He just, was really good. Yeah, just because it's very quiet, very, you know, like um not like what you're used to from him. Mm-hmm. Um and seems it seems like very, you know, like like honest and sincere and this is <laughs> You know, I'm possibly. sorry. I can't. <laughs> Don't hate me. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking burger. <laughs> yeah. God damn. Anyone out there watches Sex and the City knows he's burger. Um, <laughs> Burgers in this movie. So, um, this movie was, however, um, did win an MTV Movie Award for Best New Film Maker. And that's all that matters, doesn't it? I mean, in 1996, it, that kind of was more than an Oscar. Like, I mean, you this is shit. This was the year that Scream won Best Movie at the MTV Awards, so it was kind of a big deal. Uh, Maybe, okay, here's another um, um, horrible piece of homework that I'm giving you and me to do for for this. We should talk about the MTV Movie Awards. Oh, yeah. We should should go and we should pick, we should pick, we should pick this one, 96. Okay. We should pick the 96 MTV Movie Awards, and I'm going to see if I can find a copy of it, and we should do an episode on that. Okay, yeah. Because that, that'll be good. cool. Because, yeah, that's actually, now that I think about it, that probably is going to be closer to what we rewrote our Oscars for. Because <laughs> that's, like, the pool that they're choosing from or the pool that I chose from. Like, yeah. Scream, Swingers, like that. I'm like, yes, this is what I would want. Um, you know, I've, like, since you know, since, since we finished the episode, I've since gone back and I've done the entire history you are of ins- the Oscars. Wait, so you've <laughs> done the entire, like, rewritten? Yeah. Every year? Yeah. Even from, like, the 30s? Yeah, I um I didn't go all the way back. I started in 1931. Whoa. Um, I don't know why I chose that year. I just I didn't want to go all, all the way back. I didn't want to like not anyway. But yeah, so I um I initially started with um doing um for acting awards. I did I did nominate seven people instead of five, and I've since gone back and narrowed it down to five. So um and so now I'm in in the progress of sort of cataloging each actor by year so that oh, i can wow. like do a search and just be like okay you know thelma ritter was nominated for best supporting actor six times and this year this year this year so um this just means that i have a lot of free time at work <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh my gosh that's so crazy so what you finished all the way up until present day yeah yeah wow did you have any like standouts that were just really crazy um i'm trying to think well um i did notice um, as we discussed, that I have a big bias against Jeff Bridges. Um, 
Um, my favorite thing, I think, was that in um, 1989, I gave a nomination to Meg Ryan for When Harry Met Sally and the Meryl Streep a nomination for She Devil. Oh, okay, <laughs> uh, that's a that's a new one. Um, and I, uh, I'm trying to think. I gave Ozzy Davis a nomination for Do the Right Thing. James Earl Jones, Best Supporting Actor, Field of Dreams. Ooh. Um, Keanu Reeves for Parenthood. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, I'm sorry, the Diane Weiss, Margaret Plimpton, Keanu Reeves storyline, Parenthood is the best part of the entire movie. I, like, don't care about any, anyone else. Same. So, That's yeah. another one we have to add to backtrack. Well, now that it's going to be on Patreon, we're going to be doing, like, way more movies since we don't just have to do them on the main feed. Yeah. So we can just do way more, like, old movies and new ones. So that's cool. Yeah. But, um, oh yeah, so um, so back to my behind-the-scenes stuff. Lots of Rat Pack callbacks, which I thought was kind of cool. I yeah, didn't really get cool. that the first time either. The word fuck is used 95 times. <laughs> the word bitch is used 31 times. <laughs> it's basically all of that alley scene with Sue being like, what bitch? Roll up, bitch. Roll up. Roll up. That's literally all they say. Just They keep repeating like, bitch. Yeah, bitch. Like, that's probably where all of them are. I... <laughs> Wish I could tell you that men were more complicated as characters, but it, they, they aren't. <laughs> so. I'm also just telling Charles off air that I've rewatched the affair and I'm like, oh, that's right. Men are fucking garbage. <laughs> like, I mean, obviously not all men, but it's just the way that show is just like the women are just going through it and the men are just like having affairs and skating through life. <laughs> just like, oh yeah. God, it's driving me crazy. Um, I did like that in, in the scene when they're in, in, in Biggest that uh, Vince Swan's f- father plays one of the people at the $100 table, and John Favreau's grandma plays the big w- w- winner at the $5 table, that's which I thought so was like cute. really cute. Yeah. yeah, that's so cute. Oh, I love it. And that's it. <laughs> oh, that's all you got? Yeah. Okay, yeah. perfect. Okay, well, I have that IMDb has this a 7.2 out of 10, which I thought was kind of low, um, especially for IMDb. The budget for this film was between 200 and 250k. Oh, so wow. this was like a true indie film, which is another reason why I really like it. I believe it was distributed by Miramax. We all know who did that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think it wasn't bought though. It was this movie was shopped. Oh, first of all, it made 4.6 million at the box office, so it did really, really well. This was kind of one of those like indie kind of runaway hits that they did not mm. anticipate at all because it was complete unknowns. Everyone in this is unknown at, at this time. So yeah. it's it's super interesting now because Vince Vaughn is just so huge. But of course, John Favreau wrote the screenplay and he wrote it in two weeks and just it's basically his own life and down to the fact where there weren't permits for a lot of scenes. There's the film or the scene outside of when they're leaving the waitress's house in Vegas and going back to LA and they're on the side of the road. Like you can't film on the side of the road without a mm-hmm. permit. So the cops kept coming up and like the AD had to like stop the cops so they wouldn't interrupt them. So there's a lot of like, kind of like gorilla shooting, which yeah. I find cool. Um, which is so funny. The outside of the apartment building that you see is actually where Jean Favreau lived at the time. And oh, wow. the diner they eat in is called uh, Cafe 101, or it was. I think it might be called something else now in LA, but it's right off the 101 freeway. A ton of people have eaten there. It's like a really old, really cool shop. And I think it's been there since like the 50s. Cause like James oh, Dean used to eat there, like when it was back before, you know, when it 
way back in the day it was like called something else i think it was like hollywood hotel diner or hollywood hotel cafe something like that because it's in this random part of town it's kind of interesting so that was really cool and they keep going back there um and then so they asked spielberg if they could use the jaws music um when i believe it's trent right it's trent's talking to that girl oh yeah (laughs) um groucho with a cigar who's like the most annoying person on the planet um she when he's talking to her like he just kind of gets worse and worse like the jaws theme comes up so they had to use uh spielberg or ask him if we could use that scene and he said yeah sure and they showed him clips of the movie and he saw it and immediately cast uh vince vaughn in the lost world jurassic park (sighs) yeah (laughs) So I read that and I was like, oh, wow. I wonder if Charles knows that one. That's really interesting. I, I, I did not. Um, I'm glad that I know that now. <laughs> um, so they actually were able to raise money for this film, but because Doug Lyman said, well, I want to shoot it with the writer and his friends, people said no. They wanted to shoot oh. it with actors. Johnny Depp, they wanted to be cast. They wanted Trent to be a woman. And they wanted like Chris O'Donnell and someone else they wanted to be cast. Like they wanted an actual cast for this and not unknowns. But Doug Lyman said, no, he's like, I don't want to do that. I want to shoot with the actual people. And that's what kind of got them to raise the money on their own. So that's why their budget is, is lower. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um, Look who's laughing now. Right. Look, (laughs) and also look who's another connection of someone, a big wig. All of the parties that you see are actual parties that were taking place. A lot of the people had no idea that there were even like filming for this movie. Like they didn't know what it was being filmed for. They just thought like, oh, some guys here with a camera, whatever. Um, yeah. Adam Scott was actually John Favreau's downstairs neighbor at the time. And he is at one of the parties. And so is Mike White, the, oh. the writer. <laughs> and so is Stephen Gagan, the writer. Oh, So wow. yeah, it's really funny. And I think there was a scene that was with Mike White that I think was cut. But I think that's really funny. Mike White uh, famously wrote The White Lotus. That's now everyone knows about. Um, but also was on Survivor. Wrote like a lot of shows in the 90s and 2000s, like Dawson's Creek. Like wrote episodes of different shows. But mm-hmm. now is like creating his own shit. What's the other one that he did for HBO? <gasps> um, it, it was called Enlightenment with Lord Byrne. Yeah, yeah, okay. Have you seen um, that? Is it good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's good. Wow, okay, it's, cool. It's really good. It's, um, um, I think it was just on for like two seasons. But um, I think but um it's um yeah it's um it's good it has a, a it has lord during and diane ladd plays her mom again so oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's cool oh cool yeah i want to see that because if i like um, his humor i'm sure i'll like it also his season of survivor season 37 david versus goliath is like so good oh that's right you said that he like kind of like doesn't he like kind of like relax yeah he yeah. kind of like chills like he's just like i'm not gonna work all that hard yeah <laughs> kind of thing it's just really funny yeah i kind of want to check it out i've never actually watched a full survivor season i think i don't even know all of the rules completely like i need to start like from square one but i want like a good se- is his season like a good one that never lets up yeah, yeah okay his- it's not one that's kind of like eh. I mean, it's, um, I mean, it's, um, like, I'd say it's very reflective of, like, what the show is now, where it's just, like, game, game, game all the time, you know, because, like, when it first started, like, you have these, like, weird sequences of people just being like, oh, we should, you know, organize a morning radio show, you know? What? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're, like, losing their minds. Yeah. (laughs) They were, like, losing their minds at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, but now it's, like, okay... 
there's like actually a game and there's money and we want to win. And so we have to, you know, we have to do this. We have to form a, a alliance as soon as possible. We have to c come up with like plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, you know? And th it's a chance. Let's do this. This is tribal council. God damn it. This is, <laughs> so. what, this is what the challenge has also morphed into. Yeah. I think because <laughs> reality TV is now, uh, which is really weird because I think it, it started out so real in the beginning and then it got like too real. There was a period mm. where it was like very real and boring. Like this is how the reality TV like, like lens and slant went. It went like really real and kind of boring sometimes like the real world, the real world. A lot yeah. of it was just kind of like random conversation. It wasn't a whole lot of drama. There was only like maybe one or two dramatic moments of the season, but basically you're watching mundane things that people did. And yeah, you just were interested. Yeah. And then that's kind of how it started. Then it started into competition. And then that's when you get more drama because there's like a competition element. But basically, people were trying to figure it out. There wasn't a formula. Then it got like too wild. And yeah. it just became like <laughs> the wilder you get on TV, the bigger you get, the more people talk about you outside of TV, blah, blah, blah. And then now it's getting to this like super produced and now people are really hyper aware of like how they come across on TV. So they're either going to play the villain and know they're going to do that, or they're going to be the neutral one and try to skate through. Like everyone has like a character, same with the challenge. And this is why the challenge is not as exciting anymore. And I, I say this as someone who would like, will be 40 soon. Um, <laughs> when they're older, the stakes are higher, which means the drama is just not as heightened. Because, yeah. like, most of them are married. This is a challenge now. Most of them have kids. They're not going to, like, act out and hook up with random people. Like, they're just not. And that's what made the other early ones so crazy. Because yeah. it was, like, yeah. hookups and relationships. And that played into the story, which made it more, like, exciting. And now it's basically, like, these insane physical challenges. Mm -hmm. And now you just see them all training. Like, all they're doing is basically training to go on to the show. Yeah. every season so it's cool but it becomes like game drama and like trying to get knock people out of the game instead of like i was hooking up with her and it, like you know the yeah. early ones like it was never about the challenges it was always yeah. about like some <laughs> bullshit in the house <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> that's kind of what i want you know i don't want like incessant like crazy ass games where you're like on a helicopter and they're like loading you down from like a rope and they're like jump cg jump <laughs> and you're like how are they doing this or like a hall brawl and fessy like almost kills like nelson like just like just rails over him and like breaks his hand i'm like i this is not what i want <laughs> like <laughs> i don't want this um so yeah it's it's i feel like it's the same it kind of like happened the same way and, and i guess survivors the same way they want to like raise the stakes but yeah. i guess it's like games are the way to raise the stakes it like happens within the game now so it's kind of nuts and then my last note was that the whole you're so money, which is like the main quote from this movie, what everyone says, the title of this episode's probably going to be you're so fucking money or you're so money. You don't even know it. But um, this actually came from a Spike Lee, Michael Jordan commercial where they're talking about people being money or like having money or like the way that money is a good thing. And then they kind of just turned it into this something and made it into like this slang and they started saying it around like uh vince vaughn started saying it around so then it kind of like morphed into the show or into the yeah. story and then all of the when this was written into the script all of the studios when they were reading it they all said they wanted to cut all of the babies honeys and monies like they didn't like oh. that so thank the fucking lord a studio did not make this film because we wouldn't have any of that 
Yeah. They would have cut it and it would have been some random actors who were like the it guys of the time. And we wouldn't get this like really cool, like friend group kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's cool. I mean, I fucking love this movie. I, I love the like conversation, the very like, the very like Woody Allen, Quentin Tarantino type of like just bullshit conversation that like means nothing, but it's just interesting to watch. Yeah, um, yeah. The film opens that way, which I love how it opens. That just kind of opens in the middle of a conversation and you're just kind of like figuring out what's going on. So I like that. Um, okay, so next is Fashion. Yay. Genevieve Tyrell. This is her first feature, I have to say. It's, it's pretty cool. She did go. Another great fashion film. Drive Me Crazy <laughs> with uh, Adrian Grenier and Melissa Joan Hart. Um, United States of Leland, which is a film that I have on DVD and have had since the early 2000s because I was like a Ryan Gosling fan girly, um, which I do want to do on uh, a few forward flash episode. Have you ever seen it? Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's really good. Don Cheadle, uh, Michelle Williams, Jenna Malone, Kevin Spacey. Um, yeah. But Ryan Gosling's really good in it. Um, so yeah, that, so she also did the costumes for that. And she also did four episodes of Entourage. <laughs> oh cool which is kind of funny um i have just a few i mean i love the suits when they go to vegas Mm -hmm. i think that's cool and then i love lorraine's dress heather graham at the end like she has the pin curl hair and like the it looks like a floral dress it's really cool it's very like 50s so i think that's pretty neat and just all their party outfits i love their kind of like they're living in almost like how i like the 90s i like how all the guys are kind of living in that 50s 60s rat pack world yeah. And they kind of dress that way. I think it's like the wide leg pants. Um, Trent with like the black and white shoes with his suit, yeah. which is cool. And like the open jackets and stuff. Did you there's, have any standouts? Um, there's an outfit that Sue was wearing. I think it might have been the night that he got into the fight, but it just <sighs> looked so really hot. cool. It was, it, 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 was, it, was, it was just it was like that like open shirt uh-huh. with like the, you know, the like you know, white tee and um it, it was like black and gray and it was like color blocked it was mm-hmm. really cool yeah that was um, that alley outfit the uh the the psychotic girl who trent talks to at that party actually really liked her outfit <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was really cool i liked her hair yeah um it um also sort of remind me of the scene of this uh, one of my favorite scenes in the the, the bodyguard when um <laughs> when uh when uh like kevin costner is like talking to um, no, wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, like, Kevin Costner's at, 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 at a party, and this, like, girl comes, um, comes o- over from, you know, and she has, like, short red hair, and she has these, like, huge, like, green earrings. I mean, these are, like, giant earrings. Yeah. They are, like, they're, I, I don't know how they, I don't know how her, her ears didn't, like, you know, implode. I know. But, <laughs> um, she, like, comes over, and she, she's just, like, I've been watching you all night from across the room. And then he like, Kevin Costner turns to her and he says, why don't you go back there and keep watching? (laughs) Cold. I was like, Ooh, I felt that one. Ice cold. Um, Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. She did have a cool outfit. She had like a yellow kind of like sundress on. I think it was like Mm -hmm. sleeveless. It was cool. She was super tall. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I also just really liked Mike's like kind of like um like you know wallowing slumming you know like you know like you know like you know apartment outfit 
you know, that's just like, you know, like a, a tank top and like, you know, it's like pajama bottoms. Yeah. You know, that's he just also... like, that's just like, you know, him going like, wow. <laughs> I also like, he had an, like a dirty in and out burger shirt on at yeah. one point too. That yeah. I was like, yes, <laughs> this is very, yes, this is very real. I feel this. Uh, I like, he had like a Met, I think he had a Mets, uh, Either he had a Mets hat or something like that. And he had like Queens College. He had a shirt mm-hmm. that said Queens College because that's where he's from. He's from Queens. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're really, he has a lot of really like funny outfits. They're, I like the red shirt that he has on when they go to like the model party. And he has like yeah. a white yeah. shirt underneath. And he has the chain, like the really long chain wallet. Mike yes, does, yes. which I think is cool, which was really big in like the mid nineties. I mean, stylistically, I think it looks cool as a um as a safety hazard. I'm kind of concerned, frankly. <laughs> like <laughs> someone's I mean, stealing your wallet, and they just, all of a sudden you just feel like this yank. Yeah, <laughs> and you just get taken back. I mean, what if you're walking by a bus and gets like caught in the tires or something? Yeah, I mean, this <laughs> is true. His was really long. Yeah, like his was a long one. It was like down to like his knee. Like it wasn't it, like a it, short it, one. It was it was a production. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. I have to say, I did own a wallet chain. <laughs> like, <laughs> I did want to be cool. I think I had one I got from like PacSun. I remember actually being like, I want a fucking chain wallet. I want a chain wallet. And I got one that was the No Fear one. No Fear was like a big uh, like T-shirt. They always had these like really random graphics that said No Fear. I'm gonna actually find some now that I'm thinking about this. But I had a No Fear brown leather like chain wallet, and then I actually went. This is so dumb because the chain that came with it was like kind of small. I actually went to a pet store and got a leash. <laughs> and like, that's what I used to make my chain longer. That's how oh, resourceful man. we were Yeah, <laughs> when yeah. we wanted to make a trend work. I also got a bike chain, like from an <laughs> actual bike store and wore that as a necklace. Oh, nice. Um, like the gears, you know, like it, it was really, it was a really cool time, I guess, that we would just kind of wore like whatever. Um, yeah whatever the hell but now it's i want to bring those ball chain necklaces back do you remember those oh yeah yeah um, those were cool like i remember trying to m- mimic jason from the real world boston yeah he, like, he was wore, that guy like <laughs> he was the ball chain guy because like yeah but he he, he he like had like small ones around mm-hmm. his neck and they're like very delicate you know, and I was like, he was so hot with his nose that's, ring. That's because you're a delicate soul, Jason. And he um, writes like really depressive poetry. He was like that guy, that yeah. 90s. He was Trent Lane, but a little yeah. bit more. He wasn't like as dumb and as aloof as Trent Lane. He was more of the like, there was a literal guy that we can't say his full name, but there was a guy that we went to high school with that was Jason from the real yeah. world yes. Boston <laughs> but like three years later because we didn't go to yeah. school in like 96 is that when that was out yes yeah we were like a bit older when we went to school with him but but yeah it's it's really funny that he was like that guy just like the sweaters he wore like Jason I mean the sweaters he wore the fact that he had a girlfriend named Timber like it, it was all just <laughs> like too on the nose <laughs> for like that yeah. kind of 90s guy it's really funny um, there was a really deep cut of an MTV Weekend Rock segment that I am dying to find that I've been scouring the internet for, and I'm usually really good at this. And it was this amazing, I found the date of the episode, everything. I don't know if I could like write MTV or something and be like, I don't know, do you sell like this clip or can I buy this yeah. episode? Like, I don't even know because I just want to have it. And it's this really cool Weekend Rock segment that they did in August. And it was the Lilith Fair and the Warp Tour. And they took two fans from each show and sent them to the other. 
So they oh. took these two guys and sent them to the Lilith Fair. And then uh-huh. they took these two girls who were at the Lilith Fair to the Warp Tour. And, like, they had mics and stuff. And it was, like, the funniest fucking thing. Like, I swear these people were actors. Because the way that they were, like, talking amongst themselves and giving this, like, really funny, snarky commentary, it was so good. And I vividly <laughs> remember it because I think I taped it somewhere on a VHS tape. But I have no idea where that tape is. And yeah. it's probably gone. And then on that same episode of The Week in Rock, there was a segment on ball chain necklaces. Because they were all over the warp tour show because everyone was wearing them so kurt loader was like i remember kurt loader being like okay and we have this new like segment and like we you saw all those like necklaces that everyone's wearing let's talk about it and then they go and they like talk to people at all these shows that are wearing them and they all describe like you're wearing smaller ones you're wearing like bigger balls and people are like laughing and they were showing people (laughs) selling them at all these like venues and concerts I'm such a nerd for shit like this, but I remember it so vividly. It's like an August episode of 1997 of The Weekend uh-huh. Rock. It, I'm still trying to find it, but it was so funny. Like, it was just yeah. so, so funny. And I really wish I could find it because it, it was really great. Just And it was fun. Like, I remember these, like, really gross-looking guys were trying to, like, hit on the girls. And they'll be like, hey, do you guys like Sarah McLaughlin? <laughs> And all these guys would just be like, uh, what? Like, it was just really funny. And they're like, no, okay. It very much reminded me of, like, Broad City. Like, yeah. Before, okay. before Broad City. It was like, really funny. And the guys were, like, funny, like, with the girls being like, so, I guess you guys don't like guys around here. And, like, all these women were, like, death staring them. Like, what are these men doing here? Like, it was just really funny. I hope someone out there understands what I'm talking about. If you do, and you even have a tape of this, like, please just let me know. Because... I, I, yeah, I, I'm dying. I'm dying to find this. Um, but yeah, okay. So back to the fashion. Did you have any other? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, there were um, a ton. I mean, this isn't like a big fashion movie. Yeah, it's just basically very like normy, but not normy in the fact that like they like that '50s big big band like culture, and they're kind of wearing like similar loungy clothes, mm-hmm. but still with like a '90s kind of vibe it's it's cool it's really interesting i liked it i liked it it was cool it was cool cool all right so let's get on to music this happens to be one of my favorite music movies of all time i have the soundtrack i love this music yeah yeah it's good um i got really excited when um barracuda came on (laughs) (laughs) oh my god magic barracuda and like Um, magic man yeah yeah home girl it's dead with a smile i love heart when um when i was at boarding school we like had to play we like once played this game where we all had to choose a song and like um oh god you know and like played out loud for like the entire group and like you mean play the real song you didn't have to sing it yeah, yeah, yeah. Did it have to be a pre-approved? No, no. I mean, all 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 of our music was very like censored. So oh, okay, I mean, so it, they already knew there was no so, chance. Yeah, so you know, I went the route where I just chose really obscure stuff that men weren't really interested in, <laughs> <laughs> like the song from Thelma and Louise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, but um, they're you know like they're um like that was the song that I I like chose. <laughs> so it was a progression of you know this like guy played a like heavily edited version of like a buster rhyme song and you know and then like someone played all along the watchtower you know by Jimi hendrix and then um someone else played uh 
uh, Rocky Like a Hurricane by the Scorpions. Oh, that's a good one. And that yeah. was my turn. Oh, um, God. And I played, you know, the Ballad of Lucy Jordan. You know, we're at the age of 37. <laughs> she realized she'd never ride through Paris in a sports car with the warm wind in her hair. We've um, all realized that by 37, <laughs> I think. We've all um, definitely realized that. But the guy after me actually played a song by heart, and oh. it, it was it, it was it was interesting because I thought it was kind of a bold choice to like pick pick for a song, and this was someone who I didn't really like all that much before this before this act, activity and afterwards I was like you're kind of cool you're like huh <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, huh okay. <laughs> I would play like Fleetwood Mac Gypsy. <laughs> like it would just be like something or like a Fiona Apple criminal. <laughs> like something so weird and inappropriate. I mean, had I known it existed, I would have tried to play like fucking run by Liz Fair. Oh like... yeah. Johnny, my love. <laughs> I love that song too. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Exile and Guyville. I'm actually very upset that I was not the age to like fully experience that when it came out. I know, because I, I discovered know, it way later, but I'm glad I discovered it nonetheless. But I'm also very upset that I wasn't like 17 when Jagged Little Pill came out. Yeah. Like, I loved yeah. it the same, but as, when I got older, I was like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I get it now, you know? Still, I'm sorry. Jagged Little Pill is like one of the greatest albums of all time. Oh my God. It's, 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 it's one of my top five. Yeah, it's incredible. It's just so good. I mean, I just. I know people keep talking about, you know, living in the past, but I'm sorry. It's just, it's just your formative years. That's why yeah. there's so many 90s podcasts out there because it just was such a formative time and we yeah. had access to so much media. So I think we just have so much to talk about mm-hmm. because we've just all seen so much. <laughs> it was just part of the culture. You just have seen every movie, every TV show, you know, it's just like a a thing you know i've also noticed that there i think i mentioned on the last podcast that there are so many dawson's creek podcasts popping up mm-hmm. um and it's really interesting that there are a few that have kind of behind the scenes like from like production designers or just like kind of like how they did certain shots so i find that really interesting too that we're getting like it's been 25 years since dawson's creek Isn't that crazy? yeah yeah so i guess now like there are so many people talking about it which is really cool <laughs> <laughs> That's such a big deal. Um, yeah, so what other music did you like in this? Um, I like King of the Road when mm-hmm. they're driving back from Vegas. Um, King of the Road. I, um, this isn't exactly a music a song, but a music note, I guess. I, I, I like that um, they note that Sue's dad was a Johnny Cash fan. Yeah. Um, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, that was really cool that his name is Sue from a yeah. name Sue, yeah. Um, Let's see. We get lots of swing. Do you remember of... Big Bad Voodoo Daddy? Do you remember them like on the radio? No. no. Oh yeah, they were like a radio band. Oh okay. Yeah, okay. they were a radio band. Cherry. This is so funny that now I am like, what? That was the name of a band I listened to and talked about openly. There was a band when I was like fourteen that I would talk about, and it was called Cherry Pop and Daddies. <laughs> like I'm not kidding right now. Stop this and Google it. There's a song <laughs> called Zoot Suit Riot. And I fucking love that song. And I'm pretty sure that's Cherry Pop and Daddies. And now that I think about it, I was like, the fuck? That was the <laughs> name of a band. Like, so obvious. I mean, yeah. 
yeah we we uh, like yeah we were really wildin and i don't even know what the, did they did they change their names i don't think they should have to actually nope. their band used to be called um mr wiggles <laughs> and now their name uh is cherry pop and daddies yeah zoot suit riot yeah. that is exactly the name of the song i am not lying the 90s again were wild and we just did not care so that, that was funny and squirrel nut zippers um was another band and then big bad they were like the three ones and then also that brian setzer orchestra they did mm-hmm. that like baby baby it looks like it's gonna hail and it was in the gap commercial yeah, when it said yeah. like swing and it was like jive and whale and that was like a big song they were at like the mtv like vmas i think at the in 98 they closed the show brian sesser did because that's when it was like oh, okay. really big so cool. they had like you know that's back you know when they were like good vmas and they had like various types of music on like all different types of music like performing yeah it was it was cool <laughs> it was cool for a while <laughs> uh yeah do you have any other like songs that you love uh i don't think so do you yeah that's cool you haven't mentioned any of mine so that's cool um i love the first song uh some no like you're nobody till somebody loves you by dean martin it's a classic i also love those mm-hmm. credits how they're a bunch of photographs yeah um, that over that cool. song so I that was really cool and it's really <clears throat> like captures that swing scene in la because you can tell it's like snapshots from inside bars i also love that this is a very gorilla type film that it's super independent real friends real parties like the real actual scene. So it's, yeah. it's cool that it's not really manufactured at all. Um, let's see. Also the George Jones song, uh, She Thinks I Still Care. It's when they're on the road to <laughs> Vegas. I like that song. Oh, yeah. And then I love when they pull into Vegas and you get like Count Basie and Tony Bennett's like um, with plenty of money and, mm-hmm. and you, I think. And it's like this amazing like Vegas big band song that you get this cool like montage of them coming into Vegas. So I love that. Um, I love um, <clears throat> Pick Up the Pieces, which is like a famous jazzy song. It's played when they go to the Hills party. Oh, and they do cool. the slow-mo Goodfellas walk. Um, okay. And like Reservoir Dogs. Uh, I think it might be the Reservoir Dogs callback. And they take that long tracking shot like up to the hills. Okay. That's Pick Up the Pieces. I love that song. And then you have like Knock Me a Kiss, which is by Louis Jordan. And that's when... Mike is in his apartment and he's like looking through the the old photos of like mm-hmm. him and Michelle. It's like near the end. And then the last song is that um, Bobby Darren like beginning to see the light at the end. Where he's, like, oh, that's sitting right. With Trent. Yeah, I love that song too. So yeah, those are my favorites. I mean, this is one of my favorite soundtracks. So yeah. Yep, yep. Okay, so favorite scenes and lines. What's your first? Oh, my first one. Kind of um, note, yeah. Trance um i um love the scene when (laughs) mike comes home and it's um i i i like i had forgotten how much i like miss having answering machines in my life and just how much and just how great of a plot device they were for movies yeah we mentioned this in like a early episode yeah, just because I mean, this m- movie revolves heavily around Mike's an- answering m- machine. Yeah, it does. I mean, um, like, I mean, I- I'd go so far as to call his answering machine a like supporting character, <laughs> so, like, <laughs> especially the one that actually is like somewhat of an AI. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like in the beginning and like talks back. 
Like, love me, Michael, love me. Um, Life after all. Yeah, thanks. Are you calling her? <laughs> no, can you, no, please stop. Like, I'm like, is it sentient? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, this is fucking AI. This is some Skynet shit right here. <laughs> like, what's I, going uh, on? I uh, heard that was, this was, um, that's supposed to be a gimmick where, excuse me, where, like, um, they're supposed to have, like, a few scenes where Mike talks to his machine that like talks back, but they mm-hmm. ended up just keeping that, that one scene. Yeah. I wish I um, could have seen more, but, um, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Um, I, um, just, I, I, I just, s- 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 sort of relate to Mike's like inability to, you know, just not be, to not be able to not talk back. his like horrible girlfriend, you know, who like dumped him and, you know, just like, the expressions on, you know, like Trent's face, he's like, oh, God, again. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, it's true. Um, I'm the same um, But yeah, well, what about you? I mean, d- don't ask me that question. It's the entire fucking movie. I know this whole <laughs> movie from back to front. So this is very, it was really hard for me to actually watch this and take notes because I was just like, I love, like, everything about this i would want to create my own version of this type of film where it's like drops into a um like a scene that's happened amongst like a friend group of mine because i feel like everyone has everyone who makes really really good tv essentially is really modeled off of their real life like that that's what makes the most successful movies that's what makes the most not the most but i mean it makes very successful movies put it that Mm -hmm. way so, like, people who write a lot of things that I happen to like are usually based on people that they know. Dawson's Creek, that's based around real people. Like, they're, they're just kind of fabricating. But it's all kind of based so you know who you're talking about or talking to. Um, same with, like, Seinfeld. Same with, obviously, like, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Like, shows like that. Like, it's kind of real. And they're just kind yeah. of, like, taking their own life and making it crazy. So that's why I love this. So I love how I love the the credits, as I mentioned, like how it opens into all these cool shots of LA. And then I love that you go right into cafe 101 and you go right into this conversation and you, you don't know what's going on. And it's very reminiscent of Tarantino. You can tell like immediately, like they have lots of references for this, which is cool that they actually are cinephiles and make reference to it in the film which i really like a lot so you kind of like go in and you see these two guys and they're just talking about like a recent breakup and you kind of like figure this out this also seems very like woody allen technique as well Mm -hmm. um and you kind of like you know bird's eye and you're kind of like zoomed into like this world and it's ron livingston and then john favreau who now i didn't even mention john favreau does like all that star wars shit the mandalorian iron man he's like a big fucking deal um director and all that so he's like obviously really massive on behind the scenes element as well as in front of but um but yeah so i like i just love that whole that whole vibe like where he's talking about and it kind of goes into this circle where you're like i can see how some people like some of my friends have been like yeah that movie's not for me like some people don't like watching that mundane conversation and you can kind of tell in that first scene if you don't like these kind of conversations that like kind of spin and go back and forth in Mm kind of like an eight then I feel like you probably won't like this. It's like too introspective and you'll probably get annoyed with this guy talking about this breakup through the entire film. Yeah. But I like it. I mean, I I like the way that it's formatted. I like that he's still talking about this throughout until the end. He's like (laughs) still talking about it. And I love how it it ends, how it begins. Like them sitting at the same place, talking about the same thing, but the situation has changed and evolved. So I love that. 
Um, but yeah, I just really love that opening conversation where he's just like, well, what am I going to do? Like, you know, Mike is just so stressed out talking to Rob. He's like, what am I going to do? Like, you know, I think about her all the time and it's been six months. We find out throughout it. It's been like a, a while, but, <laughs> yeah. and he's just like, well, you know, just, you're going to pretend to forget about her, but then eventually like you really will forget. And he's like, but what if she comes back? And he's like, that's the thing. Sometimes they always know like not to come back until you really forget. And he's like, there's the rub. And it's like, there's the rub. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he just kind of has these like little conversations and then he kind of goes like hey man i'm really sorry i always talk about this all the time he's like oh that's all right and like rob is his friend from back east so you kind of get that that they're all out there trying to make it which i always found a really i don't know like cool and intoxicating vibe about la that's so different is that everyone's out there to be something mm-hmm. and all these people are kind of struggling to be in the entertainment industry whatever so i like that M- my very first favorite scene is the first conversation you ever hear Trent's voice, because I love that you hear Trent before you see him. Oh yeah. And I think that's so important. So Mike is just like in his apartment and he's just like lazing around an interesting note production note about this one is that the reason Mike opens his fridge in that scene where he's kind of pacing on the phone is that there was Mm. low light and Mm. Doug Lyman actually needed the light from the fridge. So I found that kind of interesting to light the shot. So he's like talking and you just get like, you know, Mike's like, no, I'm going to stay home. I'm not going to do anything. And you just hear his like loud mouth friends like, oh no, come on. I got this party. We're going to do this. He's like the ultimate talker, like which Vince Vaughn is. If you watch Vince Vaughn on any late night show, he tells a story like no one I've ever heard. He is so just like intoxicating to listen to he could just talk forever about some weird wild shit and apparently there's a scene in this um movie too i think it's it's the scene about um fuck i'm trying to think which one it's actually something that they wrote into it because it was something that happened or vince vaughn actually told the story um oh interesting yeah i think it's the it's the one about like the bunny where he's like, oh, yeah. you have those claws. And I think it's something that Vince Vaughn actually said to John Favreau at On a Night Out or something like that. And then he liked it and he was like, oh, I want to use this like for the movie or something like that. But it's it's really interesting that and he's that kind of guy that would have stories. You always have that friend who has these crazy stories that they're always yeah. just like really nuts. And <laughs> it's just really funny. So um, so that just like works out perfectly. And of course, I'm so glad they actually use the real people in this. But I love that he just is this crazy guy. And it like perfectly describes him when you see him, when you see Vince Vaughn as a baby in this car. <laughs> He's so young. And I, yeah, I love the whole thing. I love how they're like arguing. They have that very like they're from Chicago, but they have that very like East Coast, New York, like like uh, kind of like agitating each other. Like, yeah. a, like a married couple. Like, I love that kind of, like, sass back and forth that we get in the car where he's like, where's the suit? You're not wearing the suit? No, I'm going home. I'm going home. This is bullshit. <laughs> no, you got to put the suit on right now. And he's like, hold on, I will. Jesus, grab the wheel. And you just hear them, like, just back and forth. Like, I I just love that. I love that kind of yeah. humor. So I, I just think it's super great. Um, <laughs> Just everything. Like, the waitress. I love her. He's just like, I'll have the, uh, the pancakes and the uh, Age of Enlightenment. And then he's like, and then like Vince Vaughn's like, yeah, I'll have the two can. And he's like, why did I say that? Age of Enlightenment? Like some like some Las Vegas waitress is gonna get some obscure French philosophical reference. I mean, oh God, it's like I'm trying to show off to her. I may as well have said, let me jump your ignorant bones. <laughs> and he's like, no, don't worry, Mike. And then he goes like, hey, uh, to the waitress. He's like, hey, we're kind of in a rush. She's like, hang on, Voltaire. <laughs> like, yeah. I just like love all those little bits. They're just so good. Um, do you have another another scene? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I love that scene when uh Mike and um Rob are playing golf 
Oh yeah. And they're it's just like you know this. They're just you know it's like it's it's something where n- n- nothing really happens, mm-hmm. but it's just you know something I, I could like watch like over and over again. Um, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> hey, by the way, mom, I didn't. I got offered a part for Goofy. I didn't get it. Send more money. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm so depressed. I love that. Like Rob got this audition or like a callback for Disney, and he's like telling everyone. And then I think <laughs> yeah. eventually, like uh, his name's Alex uh, Dessert. I think his name is or Desert. And like he, the real actor, and he's like, "Well, at least it's Disney, right?" <laughs> like, yeah. like it's just funny. He keeps mentioning it. Um, for our very first shot of the infamous. Nikki, um, oh we see her God. just like just like going to town on like a bunch of olives, which Ugh. should probably be a red flag for for Mike. Red flag, um, psychotic. Just, I mean, I, I, I guess, I guess olives taste okay if they're like soaked in vodka, but in general, I think they're pretty gross. Um, I will say, I'm still saying no, no to that. Yeah, I, I'm not an olive. I can't in any circumstance. I mean, I, I feel like we've. We, I, I discuss my feelings towards olives extensively. And Wes, but, and Wes Anderson. They can both go in the same boat. Yes. Put um, them in the bin. I, yes, I still maintain that olives taste like a stripper's G-string. Oh, um, no. Charles, no. <laughs> that is the worst visual. Thankfully, I don't like them. Anyone who out there who likes olives, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry for putting that. No, no, way. it's it's fine. You like olives? Go ahead and have them. Enjoy them. Eat them up. Eat it. Eat it. You psycho. <laughs> you literal sociopath. Um, just um, just like that whole like um, just the whole horrible sequence of mike calling nikki like over and over and over again um i I have to say for all of the uh like ways that we've evolved as humans and how like dating online is super cringy let me remind you i mean i don't have like a ton of experience in this department because it was still kind of it was morphing into like like uh online as i was getting older but for people who are older than me and like grew up where you could only flirt in person, like that mm-hmm. was the option. It's crazy. Like it's so cringy on a level that I don't even know how anyone got together until, until computers were invented. Like yeah. how, like how are you going to go up to a stranger and just try to make small talk? Like it's a very hit or miss, you know, it's like a very like taxing thing to do. Yeah. I mean, um, like I've, it it seems like something you just have to do like over and over and over again until you like get it right. Um, yeah, like, but, but it's, it's like, just like Mike is such a good guy, and like Trent has so much confidence. But it's like that's not the guy you want. You know what I mean? Like mm. him and Sue are so sloppy. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Um, I do also like that horrible sequence when um sue just like loses his shit when they're like playing like nin- nin- nintendo <laughs> yeah um, hockey the hockey yeah <laughs> um uh, you know just because um i felt like i played some you know games of super mario brothers got extremely con- contentious um yeah and like yeah you know like you 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 know the stories you know the, you know those games they stick with you man so they like, really do i can remember every time i've like really severely lost and i've been like so close to winning and then i can remember yeah. when i've been in a real like hot streak and i've like kicked 
ass. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> I need to be able to do that again. But we were just talking off air about how I wanted to play The Last of Us. I really want a PlayStation. So if anyone out there listens to this podcast and for some reason is head of marketing and partnerships at Sony, I would love a PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> so I can play the games. <laughs> That's what I want to do. Um, I do like how we, I think we find out that the girl who Trent talks to at that house party, I think her name is Deirdre, which mm-hmm. is just like such a 90s name. That's such a like, 90s name. Such a 90s, like mid, like the Plains. Like yeah. Someone who comes yeah. from the Plains, yeah, who moved to LA. Um, and then I do like this, like, very quiet, like, scene, like, sort of towards the end when Rob comes by Mike's apartment and Mike's just, like, wallowing, feeling sorry for himself. And he's like, why can't I move on from this stupid girl? Why? <laughs> you know, and just, just like, I, I, I thought Rob's, Rob's, like, pep talk towards him was just really sweet and, like, honest and, you know, it's like, um, you know, like, it's like how he, he was saying, you know, you're stuck looking at things you, you don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you, you know, just um, I, I thought his uh, quote about how, you know, once you sort of get to the other side, you kind of m- m- miss the pain, you mm-hmm. know, was just like really cool. Um, and then he's like, you miss it because you just live with it for so long. And then yeah. after a while, it's just gone. Like, you just yeah. move on and you end up, like, you know, meeting someone else or just finding something else to, you know, spend time with. Yeah. And then I do, like, um, that, like, shot of them, like, going to the front door of, like, I think it's, like, the last club in the movie. And then seeing there's a line then going through the back. Yeah. Um, which I just thought was really cool. That's supposed um, to be a takeoff of Goodfellas when oh, Ray okay. Liotta goes the back way into the Copa with Lorraine Bracco. I forgot her oh, their okay. character's name. Henry is his character's name. We still have to do Goodfellas, by the way. Yeah. Um, so that's like a classic 90s film, but and with hottie Robert De Niro and oh, hottie wow. Ray Liotta. I think Ray Liotta's super hot in that movie. What, Joe Pesci isn't on your hot list? Sorry. <laughs> uh, Chrissy from The Sopranos is in there too. Michael Imperioli, who's also yeah. on my hottie list. Um, but yeah, no one beats Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro now and always. I mm-hmm. will date him tomorrow. <laughs> like, or now. Right yeah. now. At nine o'clock at night. Doesn't matter. Love him. Love him. Um, they do too because they have a taxi driver poster up in their, on their, in uh, Sue's apartment. So who could guess another yeah. group of young men who like taxi driver, taxi driver, the fight club of the seventies, <laughs> literally for all guys. It's a pretty good description, although people talk I'd about Taxi so. Driver, yeah. Um, and then I also just love the scene scenes when Mike's when Mike meets Lorraine for, oh, for the first it. time. Yeah, it's just it's just really sweet. I um, love Heather Graham. Yeah, she's another person that we don't talk about enough. She's in uh, Nowhere with by Greg Araki. Yeah, so, who also I have to say has the greatest i mean i'll talk about greg rocky films forever but nowhere has the greatest cast of all time of all time yeah like everyone that matters is in that movie <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> it's really crazy um, i love their dancing too where he's like swing dancing with her yeah like it's so cool it's so fun and they have cards. I love how they have business cards. Like, they exchange business cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. It's so cool. Um, and you know she's perfect because she also has the club on her car. I know! <laughs> I had the club! I had the club! For so long! For so, so long. 
Like even in LA, I think I had the club. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's you know it, they don't. I guess they don't make it anymore, but it's like clearly effective. I'm pretty works. sure they do make it. I think people may not really? buy it. I mean, okay. I think they might make it. I don't know, but it's a weapon. It also yeah. is such a deterrent because it takes like you just don't want to go on a car to break one that has one on it because it's like you have to like break the law. Yeah. So it's like more work. Essentially, that's what it was for. Unless they could take yeah. off your steering column, then you were fucked. Mm. Then that didn't matter, but most of the time, no. Oh, the club. Yeah, yeah. They all had the club. Remember that sequence where they all did it on their cars? Yeah, <laughs> They're like, yeah. Doom, 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 doom. <laughs> and they all like did it. They're like five of them, <laughs> which is really cool. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. I did also like how they like all drive their own cars to the parties i know yeah um, just because they're like no no, no i'm not going to give you a ride you know you're responsible for you <laughs> yeah and you can leave whenever you want to leave yeah yeah so you know we all don't have to go when you want to go that's pretty cool they probably all live really far away too yeah not really far away but they probably don't live like right next to each other so it's probably like one person may live like further south or north like mm-hmm. people live everywhere like spread out it's funny Wow, you haven't talked about, like, one of my favorite scenes. Oh, what's that? My favorite scene in probably the whole movie is the, and, and quote, too, is the sequence after he meets, after Mike meets Nikki. Oh. <laughs> and he meets her, and he's first talked to her, and he's embarrassed, and he's gotten up, and he's told the guys, they're like, what happened? And he's like, no, I couldn't do it. Like, I was super nervous. And then Trent, Vince Vaughn, goes in this whole speech, and that's when he, him and Sue are there, and they're like, you're so fucking money. Like, you don't even know it, blah, blah, blah. And then you see, like, Trent tells this weird story. He's like, you're like this big fucking bear, man, and you don't know how to kill the bunny. And he goes in this whole thing. But then after it, he goes like, all right, man. And, like, Sue walks away. He's like, you know what? Like, forget all that. He's like, you know what? I don't want you to be that guy in the PG-13 movie that everyone, you know, really likes and really hope makes it happen. He's like, I want you to be that guy in the rated R movie. The one that you're not quite sure whether or not you like yet. And he's like, you're a bad man. You're a bad man. And then he goes and like sends him off. And that's when he comes back. And then you don't see what happens. You just hear like this jazz in the background. And then you see him talk to Nikki and then you see him like turn and he's back to the, going back to the table. And then they're like, what? And then you see him with the number. And then I love how he like pretends to tear it up. Like Trent did before. And then he's like, no, no, no. (laughs) And then he comes in. They're like, Oh, nice man. And then he comes back and they're like, eight, one, eight, eight, one, eight's the Valley. And then, and then three, one, Oh, is the West side is like Hollywood and, and the more like the West side. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And they're like, 818. And he's like, 310. And they're like, nice. <laughs> like, this is such a, such a LA moment. So I just love that. That's like my favorite sequence. I'm going to try to clip that uh, for, that's one of my favorite sequences. That's like one of my favorites. I'm going to try to clip it for TikTok and IG. And then my other favorite one is when Trent and Sue are like three sheets to the wind, balls deep, wasted in that diner at the end yeah (laughs) and like he's and like you see trent with his leg on the table and he's like you're a big boy you're all grown up you're grown up and it's just like it's just this hilarious funny sequence and they're like oh man you totally could have hit that if you didn't have to take us home and it's like heather graham and he's like (laughs) i know i know guys shut up and you just hear this constant like like in the background because he's just talking so loud and then he's just they're like how'd you learn to do that like all those twirly whirlies and he's like oh i took 
I took a, a class a class with Michelle. He's like, that Lorraine is good. And they're like, no, no, you are good. You are so good. And then they're like, you know what? You probably should wait like four or five days to call her. Like there's a whole like thing throughout the whole film is like how many days <laughs> you should wait to call someone after you've met them. And they're like, yeah. well, some, I love that one sequence. I, I think it's earlier where they're like, when he gets the number from Nikki and they're like, what are you going to do, man? And he's like, I'm going to call her tomorrow. And they're like, uh, he's like, I don't know. He's like, you know, everyone kind of like waits, you know, two days. You know, I don't know. Most people in, in LA wait three days, but like, you know, they wait two days, which two days is kind of money, whatever. And then like Trent and Sue are like, I don't know. Everyone waits two days, but I think three days is kind of money. What do you think? And they just go back and forth. And then they're like, and he's like, all right, hold on. And the mic's like, all right, guys, fine. You know what? I'll just wait like five days, you know? And then I'll, I'll tell her that I was looking through my wallet and I found her number and I'll ask her if we fucked. All right. Is that like, would that be cool? Would that be money? <laughs> Trent? and he's like don't be an asshole like, don't be a fucking asshole and they're like how long are you gonna wait to call your girls and they're like six days <laughs> like, i like that part too but yeah there's just so many like really good sequences i love this movie i mean i could talk about it all day i fucking love this movie yeah i mean do you have any more um any more standouts um i do i do love that sequence at, at the very end when um trent sees that woman in the diner and he thinks that he's like making faces at her you know, yeah, and, so you know he's sort of like playing along and you know he's just like oh you're a nasty little girl aren't you you, <laughs> you know? don't know my address do you know my address <laughs> that's my favorite and then he's like and i love how mike's on the other side and he's like what are you doing <laughs> and he's like she just wants to play he's like what and he like grabs the the, the napkin like he's going all out he's like yeah. playing like peekaboo with her and, like it's so funny and then she just walks by him and you see her like with a baby i was just like oh yeah <laughs> and he just goes he just like hides his head and he just goes uh and then you just see mike like kind of look at him like oh my god and then Trent just tries to like change the conversation. He's like, "So what were you saying? You said you were gonna call her. Did you call her? Are you, are you <laughs> yeah. gonna, you're gonna call her, right? You, you called her, Mike. Mike." <laughs> and then it just like ends. <laughs> it's so I've cute. I've like been on both ends of that type of maybe not that exact situation, but like you know, have like, you? Ooh, n- not, story time. Well, well not not necessarily. I, I mean, just like when you, someone waves and you think they're oh, waving at you, definitely happened to me. And it's the I've most been, embarrassing thing in the world. Oh no, it, it's it, it's it's like so horrible. And then I've also been on the other end when I was waving at someone else and someone thought I was waving to 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 oh. to them. And I um you know and then I didn't know how to how to how to handle it. So I like I like waved at both. You know I was like hey <laughs> hi hi. <you> know? <laughs> um, but it's just knowing knowing that like there's that gut punch when you realize oh <laughs> like if it, i uh, i just oh <laughs> it's just like oh god i know it's like oh, so oh, embarrassing oh god i want to die <laughs> you know i really want to die right now yeah it's so funny that's <laughs> <laughs> so funny oh do you have any more um i don't think so i mean cool it's well, kind of good... before we wrap up, I want to tell people if you're not watching Yellow Jackets to just skip ahead for two minutes because did you watch the third episode? Yeah, I did. I <laughs> love fucking Shauna so much. Like <laughs> yeah, she is, she gets her own. I love that she grabs the gun back from the hijacker. Like yeah. <laughs> car who tries to steal their van when Jeff I love Jeff so much. I love Shauna and Jeff so much together. Like oh God. I, <laughs> they're 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 like such a comedic duo. They <laughs> are, and so is Christina Ricci and Elijah Wood. 
I know. What the fuck? <laughs> I would watch an entire like series of them solving mysteries. Like, can we make this happen? Like, I will watch everything. I love it so much. I also am. I'm also. It's getting hard to watch the survival scenes. Yeah, it's getting yeah. like really intense. And uh, Coach Ben, you you next, homeboy. Like, yeah, I think so. I think he's he's like. Is he at the point where he's like delirious from food? Because I, he didn't eat Jaffe. Right? I don't. I don't think he's in. I I think that it's serious, but I think he's like okay, still okay for now. Because he's walking around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, God. but the fact is that you know the rest ate and he didn't. <laughs> so yeah, um, you know, and they're all and, like, "I feel weird today." I was like, "Oh." <laughs> No. <laughs> the fact that like she would have wanted us to it's okay i'm like would she <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know but i mean it is life or death you know what are you like what are you supposed to do are they gonna they're gonna go down to get the other people are they gonna to... do that oh maybe because aren't um, there like four or five people who died in that crash yeah yeah i mean um i mean would they be I, spoiled because they were I it was mean, warm possibly. when they died and then yeah. it just got cold like uh, yeah i don't know like would i wonder if okay now that's an interesting uh side note too is that i wonder if like they do attempt to do that and some people die and get yeah. food poisoning or something and die or something I mean, and that white moose too yeah oh god that yeah, was creepy like there's so much like there's a lot like this this is getting wild and like yeah kind of yeah. crazy yeah it's cool though it makes it i get like really nervous when i see a new one because i'm like this is getting intense like yeah when the baby is born i don't know what i'm gonna do because i mean sean is starting to show now right yeah oh she's she must be pretty far she's got to okay. be at least like seven and a half maybe eight okay. Because they did the baby shower. I was like, oh my god. That's so oh god. cute. It actually reminded me too that I was like, well, honestly, it, how different would this show be if it, the gender roles were reversed and it was all men? Like, yeah, it, it, yeah. I just, the fact that it's a bunch of girls, I feel like women are just naturally like super resourceful. And if there mm -hmm. is a time if there's a time where there's a little baby, like you have like 10 women or 10, even young girls, they'll be able to raise this kid. Like yeah, you'd be surprised. Yeah. They, even though they, they have no, no idea about any of this, but like they will have the instinct to be able to like protect this child. Yeah. Um, and so I'm really interested to see like how this pans out. There could even be a storyline where she has the child and just gives the child up for adoption. And yeah. just like when they yeah. come back is rescued with the child. We don't know that the child is not alive. And That's then, true. and then later on, we find out the kid is what, like twenty five, mm -hmm. or like early twenties or something. Because maybe when she got back, she was not in the condition to raise a child, like at yeah. all. So I yeah. wouldn't expect her to. So maybe she was like, I would rather give the child up for adoption. Who can have a home? It's still a baby at this point and like doesn't really remember. So that's what I'm hoping, and that maybe we'll get a reveal of this child. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm um. I'm, I I thought someone came up with um or maybe it was you who was telling me that they thought maybe at some point the group would like split. And so you yeah, that's like... what I uh huh. That's what I I saw a preview or I think when we did the first season, um there was a bit where either someone said it because I watched it with subtitles that someone said like there was a time that we were divided, and I think yeah. it showed like two when you see the the scenes from the winter in the very beginning of the show, mm. it's like way further along. It could even be the second winter. There yeah, that's many of them. that's that's what I'm thinking too. Yeah, so um, I think it, it did split, and maybe they fought. 
because yeah. someone girl dies in that fucking trap like that's a trap set for something i, I mean i'd say lottie is clearly the leader of one half and i think ty is clearly the leader mm-hmm. of the other half so, yeah i think that's I mean, what's gonna happen yeah and we haven't seen lauren ambrose yet i think she's coming she has she, to be yeah because yeah. i feel like now that ty is like separated from her wife or her <laughs> wife isn't in the house or whatever she might that's when she might show up because ty yeah. might call dan and be like hey you know i'm losing it again like what you know where are you or something like that because they all seem to be in town oh it's so good i know i know i hope everyone out there watches it um yeah this was just a little quick tidbit because i had to talk about it and i know some people watch it but i'll put it in the i mean this is too late now if you've been listening but i'll put it in the time stamp like when we talk about yellow jackets if people didn't want to watch it so, yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, or didn't want to listen to our spoilers, but but yeah, I mean, uh, next week on the main feed we've got School Ties uh, oh. from 1992, so that'll be out next week, and then on we're going to be doing See No Evil, the documentary on Davide Sorrenti on the five dollar tier, and then we are going to do The Graduate for Yay. the three dollar tier for um backtrack so that's coming up next and also there's an interview i totally forgot to mention i interviewed samantha of the inter- instagram account loveful 99 which is like the super cool nostalgia account who juliette lewis just followed today she dm'd me she has really cool oh. celebrity followers i was like <laughs> oh my god so i talked to her about josh hartnett who she like is obsessed with and tons of like 90s pop culture shit there's a preview on the main feed right now it's the episode before this but the main full episode is for three dollars a month on patreon so go check that out i'm going to be doing some more interviews and those are going to be on the patreon cool so yeah uh we will talk to you later bye bye